Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and the former Dixie darling uh, Kelly Santer in the Southern Bank Corps studio. You just have perfect time here, Kelly. Yeah, I don't. My elbow. elbows. You got to work on the elbows a little bit. Glad you're with us. Uh, Southern Bank Corps sponsoring our studio broadcast every afternoon at one o'clock on the Super Talk Radio Network. We appreciate that. And I look forward to the show each and every day. Also, want to say good, uh, good greetings to our friends at Dickie's Barbecue. They support our program in Southern Miss Athletics, and they provide delicious food for the Pine Belt seven days a week. Jack Duggan joins us today. He's the sports information director, of course, at Southern Miss. Jack, I'm guessing you've had a meal or two at Dickie's Barbecue. I have. I, I, that's that's good stuff right there. Now. No question. That's a, they catered Kelly's Thanksgiving lunch in the center. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a, a big game coming up this Sunday. Yeah? That I'm thinking. Who, who's that, Kelly? The Cincinnati Bengals are playing in Kansas City for the AFC oh, Championship I game. I see. I see. So, let, is, is that hard to get that off your lips? I don't know how to act. I mean, it's just strange I, I, I to hear really that. don't know how to act. It's been, it makes me think you're drunk again. And then I realize, no, he's not. not they really are playing well, not, in the championship. not right now. You know, <laughs> Give me a couple hours. All right. Uh, Jack Duggan is with us. And, uh, Jack, uh, first of all, let me let us say this. This is some big news. Sean Payton has reportedly stepped down as the Saints head coach. Have you heard anything about that, Jack? I have not. I know that I know that uh, Gail Benson had said she didn't know what he was going to do. So that's usually not a good sign when the owner doesn't know what, your head co- what their head yeah. coach is going to do. So that would not shock me. But uh, he, he would be a big loss. He yeah. Uh, well, here it is. Now, here things. it is now officially. It's um, apparently on on one of the NFL uh, the NFL Twitter account. Uh, breaking news: Sean Payton stepping down as head coach of the Saints after 15 seasons. Oh, Kelly wow. believes he may be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but we'll see. All right, Jack. We wanted to talk to you about something that's very dear to our heart, and we know it is yours too. We are, I believe, 23 days away. Uh, from baseball season. So there's always, as always, a lot of anticipation about college baseball here in Hattiesburg. Before we get to the team, uh, just a quick review. There's going to be a lot of improvements that Pete Taylor Park fans are going to see. Am I right? No, they are. The uh, They got the lights up, the new lights, uh, the new LED lighting system. Uh, in fact, I was in the parking lot yesterday, man. It was so it was so much brighter. It was, it was kind of scary. Uh, I haven't seen them. On the field yet? Kind of interesting to see how they'll look, um, you know, from the press box. I hope to do that here in the next, you know, mm-hmm. few days uh, when they when they test them again or when they're out practicing. Uh, but uh, that's the huge news. And then, um, um, and then the new backstop uh, or uh, the new netting on the backstop that that goes from the first base dugout to the third base dugout. So that'll be, that's new. And then uh, I think they've been working on the, um, the picnic area down the right field line, putting new wood and all that kind of stuff in there. Um, 
And then uh, I, I think they're working on a, a new video board, but I don't know about that uh, 100% uh, at some point during the year. So uh, there's a lot of lot of lot of nice changes uh, coming at Pete Taylor Park. They got the new new sign up in left field. I know they're they're working on the the, the pictures that they have in front of the ticket office. So uh, no. just, you know, just getting ready for two, 2022. And uh, I understand record ticket seasons, uh, season ticket sales. Yeah, uh, announced that last week. I think we're over uh, two thousand uh, season tickets. And so, uh, hey, you know, there's a lot of there is a lot, a lot of uh, excitement as we head uh, we head into our spring spring baseball season, uh, which which gears up February eighteenth. Against North Alabama at the Pete, four o'clock first pitch. Hope uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, hope that you'll go out and you'll get some and uh, you'll join us uh, this spring because we're looking forward to a big season. And it's reasonable. It is reasonable to say, I think, that none of these improvements would be possible at Pete Taylor Park if your team wasn't doing what it was doing pretty I consistently on the right. field. That's right, isn't it, Jack. I think so. I mean, that's. It's all part of it, isn't it? And uh, you know, I, you know, we've got a we've got a head coach who, who, um, you know, his mantra is everything matters, and 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 that's part of everything is 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 the way that the way that your ballpark looks, the way that that it it uh, uh, functions uh, for a game, uh, the way that it impacts uh, the fans as they come in and out of the ballpark and in their enjoyment of the games. And so, um, you know, he, Coach Barry, he, he, he thinks long and hard of the things that that that, that the program needs and, and has done a really nice job of, of, of making the necessary improvements that, that – the ballpark has needed over the years. Jack, if that number if that number holds true, obviously it's only going to go up as far as season ticket sales go. And there's limited seating, of course, at, at the ballpark. Uh, if Pete Taylor Park, and I know we're jumping way ahead here, but I'm just saying if somewhere down the road Pete Taylor Park needed to be expanded, where would where would they go? I mean, I don't. I don't you know, there's just no more space. I don't think is there to to put in seating, or unless you go down the right field line, yeah, right field line, or. Um... You know, maybe you can figure out some kind of uh, some kind of seating situation. You know, down the left field line. That, you know, maybe they could build a building. You know, out and left, where they get some more seats. You know, where we could be a uh, a batting cage slash. You know, batting cage on the lower level and and some seating above that. You know, that's certainly like that. uh, as an option. You know, and then I mean, but you're right. I mean, there's there there we're, we're kind of are hamstrung with um, you know the space, but uh, trust me, uh, it, it, if they want to put more people, they'll figure out a way. Sure, <laughs> figure out a way to make it make it happen. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's, what a great atmosphere that we have, and uh, you know, no just, question. And and just looking forward to 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 it continuing the spring. Stroke that check, Sander, and we can get the architect going. But but we're landlocked. I'm saying, like Jack said, you'd almost have to go up. No, Jack than, said you provide the money; they'll find a way to put the seat. Well, who knows? Maybe you can put an upper deck in. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So, All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the team. We may get interrupted by the break. If you're not in a hurry, we'll keep you. But let's talk. That's fine. Let's talk a little about the team, Jack. Um, 
we kind of discussed this yesterday. There, you know, a lot of talent on this team, and, and Coach Barry now has reached a level of recruiting that I think it's fair to say every Division One coach uh, aspires to to reach. But you know, you got three stud pitchers you got to replace, and a phenomenal center fielder. So there there are some holes to fill. Right, and I, you know, I think I think if you look at it, I think the the, the big, I think it's tougher to replace a guy who hits 16 homers and drives in 72 than it is to probably replace a pitcher. I hmm. I could be I could be I could be wrong and that is not a that is not a a, a knock on any of our, our our great pitchers that we left that we lost after last year cuz we certainly had a trio of really really good ones but uh you know it's just a special year as a, as a guy who can who can hit fifteen or more homers and drive in seventy or seventy plus runs. You don't you don't see it very often. At least you know we we haven't here. You know at Southern Miss and and uh, I mean you look you look you look at over the last say you know last since two thousand and ten. You know, you look how many times the Southern Miss since 2010 had a guy who hit, who drove in more than 70, 70 runs in a year, and the only guy that did it was B.A. Volmuth with 76 back in 2010. Now Walner, Walner drove in 67 and 18, and Dylan Bordeaux drove in 69 and 17. But you know, I mean, 70, 70 driving in 70 runs is quite a feat, and. Uh, so that it'll be tough, but uh, you know we'll figure out a way to um, to 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 combat the loss of those of those power numbers, and um, you know they'll put together they'll put together a lineup which uh, you know what they'll think will be our best chance to win in twenty twenty two. No question. We're talking to Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. Just a few seconds left in this break, uh, but fair to say, Jack. Uh, that's what you aspire to have players of that caliber in your program. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. You look, you look at the, you look at the uh, the success when you have players like that. And uh, I mean, I mean, look how look how I mean, hot that that Tremble got. Uh, you know, in the in the regional last year, I think he drove in 14 runs in the regional. He was a demon. There's no doubt about it. You know, as, as slowly as Slade Wilkes started last year, I think there's. I, I want to talk to you about Slade Wilkes when we come back. Kelly and I both believe that he may be the next superstar hitter for the Golden Eagles. We're talking to Jock Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. Going to continue our conversation with our good buddy right after this. To the top. And we're glad you are tuned in. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Got our buddy Jack Duggan uh, spending a little time with us today on the Eagle Hour. Also want to uh, say hello to Kathleen and her great staff at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, right across the street 
from the USM campus. And uh, you can also shop them online at campusbookmark.net. Such a great lady. And don't come any better than that, do they, Sandra, than Kathleen? You know, and go the extra mile to make sure that, uh, no that you question. get what you need, you know. Jack Duggan does that frequently for us, uh, helping us out with uh, information and booking guests for us and helping us uh, produce this show. And we're grateful to you for that, Jack. Let's get back to baseball. Uh, all right, so so you've got two of your three weekend starters you got to replace. you got to replace your, your, your big stud that comes in, your reliever. And you got to replace a phenom center fielder, uh, and, and we haven't seen the team on the field yet. But when you saw that in spring, when you saw them working out in spring ball, did it give you any idea of uh, of who might some of those players be? I don't think so. I think you know a lot of like, during the fall, I think they they give a lot of those guys a chance to 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 see where they'll fit in. You know what role they think they could they could uh, they can uh, kind of come in and play for the for the team and you know they, I'm sure they play a lot of different spots and 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 they have an idea of where they want to see them uh you know certainly you know practice you know officially for the spring doesn't get started until Friday afternoon and in fact they're going to they're going to scrimmage uh this weekend uh Bob, I can tell you they're going to scrimmage uh Friday at 2:30 uh, one o'clock on Saturday and one o'clock on Sunday. So uh, anybody that's around Pete Taylor Park, they're certainly welcome to go out and uh, and and go see those scrimmages. But you know, I think I think you know, I think there's still a lot of jobs to be won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this spring. I mean, I, I know there's certainly you know there's certainly some guys that probably are 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 already you know they're already etched in that lineup. Montenegro being one. Danny Lynch being one, Will McGillis being one, but I think you know there's some there's some there's some roles there's some starting jobs I think are still out there and you know one of the guys that you you brought up uh, Slade Wilkes right you know there's there's a, a chance for a guy who you know if he has a good preseason he you know he's liable to be in the starting lineup you know mm-hmm. when we when we gear up on February the 18th and you know. Yeah, you know, this this next three weeks is huge for 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 some of these guys. You know, gives the, the younger guys a chance to kind of show where where they are in their development, and then also uh, you know the older guys a chance to kind of solidify what they've done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and improve their resume. You guys are talking about the RBI loss with Trimble gone now, but I, I really think that you like that, Wilkes a lot. I do. I think I think that Wilkes. You know, uh, and, and as Jack so aptly put while we were talking off air in the commercial break, that that you know, obviously making a transition from any high school to college is a big step. So he started slowly, which you would expect. All right, but now he knows exactly what to expect. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be ready to go, and with the power, the the his hand speed and the way that he gets the bat through the zone, I think that Wilkes is a potential. Uh, you know, seventy RBI guy. He can crush it, Jack. When he, although when he there's connects. no doubt. I mean, you know, there was a play, there was a play um, at UTSA last year, uh, second game of the doubleheader. He came in to hit late, and he hit one like sky high, sky high. He thought it was going to go foul, but it stayed fair. The wind kept it fair. It hit off the top of the wall. Mm-hmm. The top of the right field wall and kicked back all the way almost into the infield. 
and he, he ended up getting a triple on it. And he said, "Heck, I hell, I, I probably could have scored on that if I, if I'd have known it was going to be fair." But uh, I, yeah, I mean, he 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 does what they what they like to say. Uh, light tower power. He certainly has it, and he hit. You know, he hit two homers last year, and and both of them were big, three run pinch hit homers in clutch situations. Uh, I think both of them came against Louisiana Tech. Both over there, uh, one was during the regular season, one was in the conference tournament, and uh, you know he's shown that he can swing the bat. He just got to, you know, the 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 key though is is the consistency, and you got to have the consistency, right. and and and. You know, hopefully, you know, that year under his belt this summer where he got to play, he played up in the New England Collegiate Baseball League. You know, that that certainly had to help in terms of seeing more pitching at this level. And um, and he played fairly well uh, in that league. I think he played up uh, – uh, I forget which team he played up in the NECBL. In, in but, uh, you know, that can't – do anything but help him and, as right. he as he gets as he matures. And, and with that kind of power, all right. Let's just hypothetically say he's in the lineup every day. What's going to be just as important for Coach Barry when he makes his lineup card is is who's going to hit behind Slade Wilkes because if Slade does show that consistent power and can develop, you know, those good reps and good at bats like Jack was just talking about, well, then he may not see as good a pitching, right? So, right. which it makes the guy hitting behind him. Even a, more right. of a, a big decision, a guy that right. can can put the ball in play. Right. But I think pitching wise, I think pitching wise, going into the spring, it's reasonable to think that Boyd and Etheridge are going to be your top two guys, at least right now. Now, um, Coach Ostrander has said, you know, there's any one of six different guys. Like, say, you could throw a, a blanket over and pull any two out and be about the same. But but I think going into spring drills and everything's earned like you guys were talking about, but I would think that Boyd and Etheridge right. would be your top two guys. I'll tell you another interesting thing about the about the team this year, Jack, is that the Montenegro family tree continues to grow uh, in Southern Miss baseball as uh, as Gabe's younger brother kind of made a little noise in the, in the fall ball, didn't he? He did, he did, and uh, you know, love to see him get an opportunity this spring. I mean, be the first set of brothers that have played for us since the Sandlands. They were in pretty 2016, good. 2016, <laughs> uh, Jake and uh, Nick. Yeah, uh, Jake was a graduate transfer. Nick was a freshman. So, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the same same situation. Hopefully, hopefully they can have as equal uh, seasons as those two did uh, back in 2016. And you were talking about Slade Wilkes and those games against Louisiana Tech, where he came. Of course, you know, to be fair. Half of the Eagles games were against Louisiana yeah, Tech. <laughs> we, we don't have that nightmare in front of us again, do we, Jack? We're yeah, back we, to regular baseball. You know, no, no, no four-game series. Yeah, we're very thankful for that. I, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we've never played anybody 11 times in a season before. <laughs> you are right about that. My word. That was like 11 wars that we were in in, in one year. But, but it could be argued that that iron sharpens iron, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was tired of watching that iron get sharpened by the end of the year. But well, you, you were—you're not going to miss those four-game series either, too, are you, Jack? No, I'm not. 
they made for the doubleheaders made for a long day on Saturday. I can assure you, no question. I, that's a long day for fans and a long day for players. And uh, now, now, Jack, as as the SID for baseball, um, tell us what's going on and and what the working relationship is with the conference as far as the postseason tournament goes. Even though uh, we're still a way away from that, I, 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 they handle right now, it all. I, I'm I'm. Uh, Hey, May twenty, May twenty five through May twenty ninth. My, I am, I am hosting the, I am hosting the baseball tournament. I don't. That's all I know. Uh, here's the important question, Jack: Is the press box going to be open again this year? And you guys providing food for us? Yes, Bob. Yes, it will be. <laughs> that's all I wanted to know. I feel so okay. much better about things. Yes. Now. And see, both of you would have thought that I would have asked that question. Yeah. No, no. I've been around Bob enough to know that he's going to ask that question. I do partake, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. All right, Jack. uh, Any other observations? About 90 seconds left. Just your overall observation. Is this going to be a – I don't think it's going to be a small ball team, but we do lose some power. Are we going to be a team that, like last year, relied on pitching a lot, or do you think a little more maybe – a little more offensive. I think we'll be. I think we'll be similar to last year. I think we'll be. We'll be pitching heavy, and we'll try to score as many runs as we can to, uh, you know, to, to to win ball games. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll. You know, last year's team, you know, each month got better offensively. Um, you know, maybe that'll be the case again this year. But hopefully, we'll start a little bit better right. than we did right. than we did a, a year ago. Right. So. Right. Well, no matter how we start, it's going to be exciting, and we're looking forward. To and it. generally speaking, in college baseball, the the pitching is better than the hitting at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, as the temperatures warm up, the bat speeds pick up a little bit, and and it's you should assume that pitching is going to yeah. be a little bit stronger than the hitting. Can we yeah. all agree about this though? There's just nothing in the world like a Friday night at Pete Taylor Park. It's just it's just magic. When the weather's good. Yes, it's just great. I uh, kinda like those early games too, when you see the fires out in the roost. I don't know, there's something about that. It just always makes me feel good. And I don't know what in the world the fire is there fire is there for because when it's when it's nice and cold, other things that, that are, are warming them up. Enjoyed the yeah. enjoyed best when they're cold, you know. Uh, hey, Jack, I wouldn't know anything about any of that. <laughs> yeah. Always fun talking to you, and always fun talking to you about baseball, my friend. We appreciate it. Same here, guys. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Jack Duggan, everybody, sports information director. Every stat in the history of Southern Miss is in that man's head, Kelly, between his two ears. The human brain can can handle a lot of information, can it? We'll be back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us. Always a fun conversation uh, with Hacks Hall, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, 895 Plate Lunch. Kelly and I have sampled it on many occasions. That's our official seal of approval. 
plenty of food for big guys like us, and uh, food's always delicious. And you always hear about, lately especially, you hear about food prices going up and up and up. They don't. They don't. It's been eight ninety five for a Ever. long time. That includes your drink? It, it does. Really, really good stuff. All right, big news this afternoon, of course. New Orleans Saints uh, head coach Sean Payton, 15 years with the Saints. Hard to imagine the Saints with another head coach. Uh, has resigned and uh, intends to retire from coaching. A uh, person familiar with his situation told the Associated Press that the 58-year-old Payton uh, was stepping down and intended uh, to pursue other things in life. He was uh, with the Saints 15 years, 152-89 and 89 regular season record, nine playoff appearances in 15 seasons, and, of course, he won it all back in 2009 uh, when he helped the Saints uh, to their one and only NFL title, I don't know. I can't imagine the Saints without Sean Payton Kelly. I think the leading candidate Im- immediately is Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator who has experience with the Raiders, and he's a young and upcoming guy. But and and as I said at the top of the broadcast, Bob, he's gonna. I think, I think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna go after him with. Every, he's saying retirement, and that could be the way that it winds up. Uh, but he's eventually. Young. 58 is not old at all, right? right. Um, compared to the emperor over there in New England, who I think is like 70, right. Right? right? So if the Cowboys job isn't open now and it comes open, I think that's where he winds up eventually. That's the Saints got him from Dallas. And he um, has a connection with Jerry Jones. He does. He does. Yeah. So don't be surprised if sooner or later that doesn't happen. That uh, well, What a change for this franchise. You lose your Hall of Fame quarterback. And now you lose your – I, I don't know that maybe other than uh, the guy in Pittsburgh and, and maybe uh, in New England, he had to be the longest tenured coach in the league. Yeah, he'd, he'd been at it a while, for sure. Yeah. Well, and look at – but look at the other stuff too, Bob. I mean, with the, the hurricanes that came through, I don't know how many times the Saints were displaced, you know, I- including I think uh, this this year, right? They had to play some games. And, and COVID. Yeah, and, and just all the things that the city of New Orleans has had to go through. I think that had a lot of bearing on it, too. It just grates on you after a while, you know. And so, uh, anyway, that but that's surprising, although, you know, the, the, the seed was kind of planted a couple of days ago when reporters would ask him specifically, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is your future? And he said, I don't know. Well, and I want to just say one man's opinion: Mike McCarthy is not the coach Sean Payton is. I agree. I agree. The Cowboys, with this roster that they had this year, if Sean Payton had been in charge, my guess is they might still be playing. It's certainly arguable, and I don't know why Dennis Allen hasn't gotten uh, more attention. You know, as a head coach, Uh, I know the diversity issues. You know, come into play that they. They they want more African American head coaches if you know they're qualified. Um, Dennis Allen is not African American, but he does have experience, and the Saints' defenses have been pretty good over the years. So we'll see which way they which way they go. But the other thing the other thing that's pressing on the Saints' plate, Bob, is they've got to get a quarterback. Right, Taysom right. Hill is not the answer, and I don't know that Jameis Winston is either. Now Jameis played well when he was when he was healthy. But, um, you know, he has a limited contract, and I, j- I don't know if they're going to determine that Jameis Winston is the future mm-hmm. of this franchise. Going back to the head coach and the diversity thing, because I, I see a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff on social media currently about that. But isn't this a fact, Kelly? NFL teams want to win. They want to hire coaches that can win, and they don't care what race the coach is if the coach can lead their franchise to winning. It certainly makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, so, but the, but the fact when you look at the numbers, proportionately speaking, the head coaching slots do not mirror the players on the team. You have you know teams are predominantly African American across the board in the NFL. I think coordinator positions you, they never talk about coordinators. They're they're huge on team. I think there are a lot of African-American coordinators in the NFL. Well, one of the best ones is Eric Bieniemy of the Correct. Kansas City Chiefs, and Correct. he seems to get interviewed every year and doesn't get, doesn't get the job. Uh, Tampa Bay's uh, OC, Byron Leftwich. Great Marshall quarterback. quarterback. And, yeah. and now he was interviewed today by, um, by, ja- by Jacksonville. You know, the Jaguars are looking for a coach, and he used to play for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I think he's been interviewed now twice. And uh, you've got Jim Caldwell, the former Detroit Lions uh, and Indianapolis Colts head coach. You know, he's being he's being interviewed by. Who's the teams. gentleman that was the coach of the Bengals for a long time? Marvin Lewis. Well, you say what you want to about Marvin Lewis, but they were competitive in the playoffs a lot with Marvin Lewis. They were, uh, and but his his problem is they just couldn't win. In I, the think, I think in the playoffs. He, yeah, I think win. he was zero and seven in the playoffs. Right, but Mar and and several people have said if Marvin Lewis wanted another shot he should get a shot now marvin is probably 63 or 64 i don't know if he'd want to you know start all that all over again and look bob the coaches so much is made of how much the players are making these coaches don't work yeah these coaches don't make minimum wage here's a name for you kelly uh and you wonder if he'll get any consideration Todd Munkin. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I think he would make a heck of a head coach of the NFL. And the word, the word in Cincinnati by the reporters at the Inquirer, the Cincinnati Inquirer, said that you know Zach Taylor is the current coach of the Bengals, and of course they're doing great things. If Zach Taylor had not been given that job, they all thought the reporters thought that Todd Munkin was next in line to get that job had Zach Taylor not gotten it. And and you know you love Todd Munkin's. Uh, Swagger in his you confidence. Remember what he told us. Yes, right? he said the Bengals made a mistake by not hiring me, <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got a national championship ring in college. Right. Um, so you would think that that Todd Munkin, you know, if he wanted to, to land on his feet somewhere in the NFL, that he would get that opportunity. He may but, be very content with where he's at right now, well, making a lot of money. Yeah, so. but and has nothing to prove now Correct. because he has that national championship ring. Unless he wanted to become a head coach and win a national championship ring that way. But there is a lot less pressure, you know, being a coordinator at at the Power Five level rather than being a head coach. You do know that he actively sought the job that Ellis Johnson got, Todd Munkin. Going back to how that all happened <laughs> is it, it all came down to Anthony Alford, you know, the, the standout baseball and football player at Pedal, uh, right across the river from Hattiesburg. And... The, the story is, you know, that coaches that were interviewed by the selection committee had said that Anthony Alford would have to choose baseball or football, that they would not let him, you know, do both. Uh, but that one candidate said, yeah, that's fine if he wants to. And it was it was Ellis Johnson. And so that there was that 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 swayed a lot of people in that direction that eventually got him that job, and we all know how that turned out. I've so. always believed that I could have done just as good a job as Ellis Johnson for half the money. You have to wonder, you just have to wonder, how how does that happen? That somebody as respected as Ellis was, as a defensive coordinator at Auburn and all the different stops that he had had, how does it fail so miserably in translation? 
It did. Being a head coach. It did. You know, and John Thompson, with all due respect, who was here at Southern Miss and a great defensive coordinator, he was hired by East Carolina from here. That didn't work out. You know, just just how some well, great what, coordinators just don't pan out sometimes. I think there's a big difference in being a coordinator and a head coach in college. And obviously, at every level there is, but I, I don't know. I, I, I sort of see the head coach more as the motivator and administrator. And, uh, you know, w- when you're a coordinator, you're a football coach. I mean, that's what you're focused on is football coaching. A head coach has to do so many other things, and – one of the things you have to do is you have to keep the line of communication open amongst the team. You got to keep the players motivated. You, you got to keep the fan base motivated. They support the players. That puts energy in your stadium. And unfortunately, he was just unable to do any of that. And you have to you have to ignite the media. You have to correct. And he just he was about as old school as as it came. Yeah. And a lot of those old school coaches they didn't want to talk to media. They they saw the media as adversaries. And now look at these new age coaches, the Jay Ladners, the Will Halls, how eager they are to come on this show, you know, and tell everybody what's going on. And in the past, that just has not been the case. And I think that's a change in the generational, uh, you know, the generations of the coaches before them. Here's a text from one of our listeners. This may be why I retired. Broadcasting pays so much more than coaching. Tony Romo makes $15 million a year for one game a week. Sean Payton was making ten. And probably working a hundred hours a week. Well, the only the only difference is, and look, those broadcasters they work really hard at preparing for those games. I mean, looking at film and, and breaking things down. You know, Chris Collinsworth had, had talked about that. Uh, but you don't have the pressure of having to win or lose. No, you don't have to explain to the media why you didn't squib kick it if you're the Buffalo Bills coach. You know, <laughs> or or if you're Mike McCarthy, why did you have Zach? Dak Prescott, you know, running right. up the middle when you didn't have any timeouts left. You know, you don't you don't have to answer any of those questions. And look, that's worth a lot of money that you don't have to yeah, answer. I, that I'm stuff. guessing John Gruden wishes he'd stayed on Monday Night Football. You know, that's the truth because he's done now for yeah. for good, and that's too bad because he's a great football mind. He's very knowledgeable, and just because you know, indiscretion or not, he'll never get credited for that anymore. And he was a fantastic talent on Monday Night Football. He was. No and, and But now, never again. The Massey ratings are out. Basketball. Kelly has the grim news after this. Southern Miss to the top. D1 D-Bat, the place to go. If you've got a child in baseball, you got to give them a D-Bat here quickly. That gets some fine-tuned for the upcoming baseball season. And if you're an athlete yourself, well, there's a trainer waiting for you at D1 Training, and they can help make your game uh, as best as it can be. They're on Hardy Street. It's a state-of-the-art facility. We thank them for their support of the show. Real quickly, one more thing about uh, – Sean Payton, I, I went further into this text. Our listeners sent us. This makes sense. Uh, Amazon is going to do Thursday night football next year. And Amazon is after Troy Aikman to be the, the head figure. Uh, our listener speculates that uh, if, if Aikman goes to Amazon, 
Peyton would slide right in Aikman's place with Joe Buck as the lead, as you know, as the lead uh, broadcast team uh, for Fox. So, and, and if you read his statement, he said he retired from coaching. coaching. Right. But you know as well as I do, broadcasting is not as easy as people think it is. People think it's, yeah. And I remember the tight end, Jason Whitten. You remember a couple of years ago? He was horrible. He was terrible. He was terrible. So, I mean, I don't know that, it, that it'll translate. You know, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. With all but, due respect, I, I did hear our uh, beloved Hall of Famer that lives here in Hattiesburg try his hand at that a little bit, too, and uh, he wouldn't. It wasn't his cup of tea. It wasn't his cup of but, tea. But he no, was, he'd right. be the first one to tell you. you know, that, yeah, that he, he likes to hunt. I yeah, mean, that's right. Yeah. If I had his money, I'd be doing what I wanted to do, too. I don't know. All right, let's have the grim news of the week, Kelly. All right, Bob, the latest Massey ratings are out in college basketball. First of all, let's start with uh, what the Masseys think about Conference USA as a conference. There are 36 leagues. 36 conferences that sport Division I basketball programs. Conference USA ranks 13th, 13th out of 36. Now, it doesn't change the fact that Conference USA is still a one-team bid in the conference uh, in the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, 13 out of 36. For anybody that might be interested, the Sun Belt in basketball is 18th out of 36. So right, right in the middle. So kudos to Conference USA there. On the men's side, the top three teams, according to the Massey ratings, are UAB, North Texas, and La Tech in that order. Do you notice anything, Bob Getty, about those three teams? Yeah. (laughs) They're all on the west side, (laughs) unfortunately, where the Eagles are located. But uh, there are 356 Division I basketball teams in the country. And according to the Masseys, the number one team in Conference USA is UAB, coming in 53rd. North Texas is 81st. Louisiana Tech is 99th. Then you get a couple of Eastern division teams western kentucky at 128 middle tennessee at 139 then comes charlotte at 158 rice is 159 utep is 161 and fau is 168 now those are the teams that are in the upper half of the massey ratings the teams in the lower half are the teams that remain on uh, in the conference usa uh, old dominion 207 fiu at 217 marshall at 223, Southern Miss has dropped to 313 mm. out of 356. And God bless UTSA. They're below us. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> the Roadrunners are one spot below the Eagles at 314. Now, the two games coming up this week, the men are scheduled to play Thursday night against North Texas, which is ranked as the number two team in the league. According, That's good news. According to the Matrix <laughs> that uh, – that uh, the Masseys put out, Southern Miss has a 7% chance of, of winning that game. Yeah. Saturday, they will host the Rice Owls, and Southern Miss has a 26% chance. That's better than seven. Of winning than it, it is. I like your attitude, Bob. And we'll get to talk to <laughs> Clarence Weatherspoon tomorrow on this program. Now, on the women's side, where the men are 13th out of 36, on the women's side, Conference USA, not as well respected. 15th out of 36. The top three teams... On the women's side, all belong in the Eastern Division, with Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, and Western Kentucky locking down the top three spots. Middle Tennessee at 84, Old Dominion at 88, Western Kentucky at 121. The top two teams in the West are North Texas and UTEP. Now, the Lady Eagles didn't have any trouble with UTEP, but uh, everybody else seems to be having trouble with UTEP. North Texas 134, UTEP 140. The Lady Eagles are at 216. And God bless UTSA. 
Below them, huh? <laughs> the, the Lady Roadrunners come in at 290. So that's the latest in the Massey ratings put out by the Massey ratings. I still say this. Get Coach McNellis back. Get those girls back on track. I think I think the women's team can make some noise in the tournament. And we'll get to talk to, to Coach Weatherspoon tomorrow to see if, if Isaiah Moore, any chance that, you know, that he will uh, be back. Because we've all talked about the team is better, you know, with, with Isaiah Moore. Right. In the lineup, if they could, if they can put two halves together like they they played the first half against Middle Tennessee, um, then you're talking about a different deal. But at this point, is it too little, too late? I mean, obviously, as far as you know, getting an at large bid or anything like that, it's too little, too late. But right. you want to play your best basketball at the end of the year, and all of the teams are going to play in the conference tournament this year. So, the great Clarence Weatherspoon. On the Eagle Hour tomorrow, always enjoy talking to Spoon, greatest player in Southern Miss basketball history. And one of the questions I want to ask him, Bob, is when they fly to these different places. How many seats does he take up? There's, there's no way he can fit in one no, of those seats. Really, there is no way. I mean, I would think a whole, seriously, no. a whole row. I, I got, I think I've said this before. I got caught on an elevator with him a couple of years ago, leaving a football game, and I, I felt like a midget. I'm <laughs> <laughs> He is enormous, and he's not necessarily—he's not necessarily fat. He's just no, big. He's just big. Yeah, <laughs> he's the spoon, Kelly. And I think the only bigger than him total might be his wallet. You know, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> the spoon on the Eagle Hour tomorrow at one o'clock. Hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.